welcome back to Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Emergency pod. Boom, boom, boom. Brian, how are you? What happened? Mike, what's going on? There's an emergency? Dude, at BK Glue Guys on Twitter, Nets Daily, Almighty Baller. Give us five stars on iTunes. We want them, <laughs> we need them, we have to have them. Brian, emergency pod. People the wanted phones. it, they needed it. This is what we're giving them. The phones are ringing off the hook. Um, Huge, uh, what, 3 a.m. Woj bomb dropping down from on top of the heavens, on top of our heads. Jeremy Lin has been traded. Uh, the Nets have picked up another first-round pick. They've assumed Kenneth Fareed and Daryl Arthur. Isaiah Whitehead is no longer a Net. The Nets do not have a second-round pick in 2025, talked about as being one of the greatest drafts in the history of basketball already. It's actually, I think that's the draft that Bronny Jr. may be a part of. More on that in a second. Brian. Mike. Dude, this is it. You know what We've I feel? Been- I feel really bad because I've been I I got a new phone and I haven't I didn't set up the Safari thing so I haven't been getting people's emails and we've got emails so we've got you want to just go to write like the first email to to like just start start this thing off absolutely cheer boy Sean Goodfriend a good friend of the show <laughs> always uh, good <laughs> says I wanted to give you my reaction to the trades today I am slightly disappointed. <gasps> The Fareed trade is very similar to the one that was reported pre-draft, and although we don't um, yet know where the pick will land next year, the idea of having Michael Porter Jr. instead of that pick could be 12 through 16 sounds better. Um, I'd grade the trade better if the pick becomes unprotected after 2019 because I doubt the Nugs are going to be a good team anytime soon. I don't know. The Nugs might not agree with that. Yeah, I mean, they Um, have a, a young core... And they're they're willing to spend money. I mean, I think they're going to be good for a while. But, but but real quick, it does not become unprotected. Apparently, it's protected through like the next four years at the same rate, and then it becomes second round picks. The dreaded then becomes the second round picks type of protection. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly about that. But so, um, I'm uh, a little bit in line with good friend. Over I can't. Here. I really can't believe this. I really can't. So okay, the general feeling that I have is that. The Nets gave up Jeremy Lin. Of course, this the, the central swap is that they gave up Jeremy Lin to then get Fareed and Arthur to then take on that first-round pick. My feeling is that I had somewhat confidence. It was a developing, bubbling thing, right, Brian, where I was like, Jeremy Lin may be decent. Um, I was excited for him to play basketball this year. I think that he was going to have value if he played basketball. I think he was going to come back healthy, look decent, and he would have value to some other team. <laughs> and he could be in a package that maybe is a little bit better than what the Nets did, which okay. is no, but the Nets are taking on a lot of salary plus getting rid of a guy I think is an asset, not a great asset, but just a small one, for a top 12 protected first-round pick, which is nice, and I ter- definitely agree with, but I'm just saying – it's a little bit of a lot for me to give it an A+. Plus. I say it's like a B+. Plus. I'm happy. I just think it's a little bit of a lot to get a pick that's, in the end, is not going to be franchise-changing. Hopefully, I'm so, back I'm so glad that we get to disagree about something for the first, <laughs> first time in a while. So this is, this is about risk mitigation, right? 
Um, you're you're this is a distressed asset. Like I know that you're just like this year will be a good year for Jeremy Lin. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> sure, that's a nice thought, and I hope that that's the case. I still hope that that's the case, even despite this trade. Like I don't, you know, there's no Shannon Froden going on here. Like I hope he's healthy forever or whatever. Um, but like you have to, on some level, understand that the odds are not in your favor, or like they're if not in your favor. They've been decreasing over time, right? As the asset becomes more distressed and he gets older, you know, you can probably, you could probably build a case that that's going to become a more regular thing. Um, so if, if you have a season like he had last season where he comes out and tears his, you know, he's not maybe not even going to you know start playing at the beginning of the season too. He's not like, cleared for contact or whatever. Um, and you have a season ending injury, heavens forbid. Um, then you're not getting any picks at all for this for this deal. You're 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 going to do get a a a salary dump, and that's it if you're lucky. Um, you know that's the kind of that's the kind of risk mitigation we have to do at this point with Jeremy Lin. I wonder. Um, well, and also, so I I agree. So maybe I'm, you know, like maybe I'm like too high on Jeremy Lin's prospects, and I do <laughs> and I don't hate the trade. Like I don't want to say that because they're is this trade actually opens up a huge avenue that was previously um, closed to the Nets in 2019. So, like, what this trade indicates is that the Nets are full steam ahead looking at 2019, looking at the future. This sort of the Lynn, Damari Carroll, those types, Fareed now and Arthur, they don't matter, unfortunately. They they don't matter to the future of the team. Um, This competing this season – was never going to be a thing, but it's definitely not a thing. Um, those two, obviously, Fareed and Arthur's contracts are expirings. Now having another first-round pick, what that actually does, and which is super intriguing, is it gives the Nets two, potentially two first-round picks to then, let's say, in free agency, they're supposed to have about, they could have $70 million in cap space, okay? What this trade does is it gives them an avenue to also then make a trade for a guy who maybe doesn't want to be on his team anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's Damian Lillard. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it could be any number of players. It could be any of these guys who have player options who maybe will get traded into the Nets, take up their player options, stay for an extra season. That wasn't, that route didn't exist before this trade. It really didn't. The Nets could trade their own first round pick and then maybe like Karis LeVert and I don't know. Uh, someone else, I don't know even know who it would be, for that guy. Now having two first-round picks plus a young prospect like Levert turns that trade into a possibility. Now this is like they can sign someone and trade for someone, and this team is off and rolling, and then they'll re-sign D'Angelo, and then that's like that's the core three. That's what right. this trade does. Um, obviously this season, though, is it, it doesn't make them any worse, really. I mean, does I don't well, think it does. It, it also gives us the potential to be kind of an interesting landing spot for a really good player like that, like Damian Lillard, as you say, because I do think you know basketball geometry wise, it does probably help us gain a couple wins. Um, because despite what you think about Jeremy Lin, like I, we both agree he's a great player, right? A, the greatest, probably the greatest player of all time, <laughs> perhaps the greatest ever. Um, <laughs> but it was not it. There wasn't an obvious role for him. 
Um, he was going to be coming into a situation where his like stock was at an all time low and going to have to work his waves, probably presumably work his way back into the starting lineup, maybe even things like that. Anyway, those kind of conversations were being had. And so when that's looming over a player, like not knowing your role is obviously like kind of a good way to damage your, your confidence. And, and anyways, it's a whole bunch of conversations you don't want to have. So it just makes everything a lot more clear. And now it gives us a really deep and interesting bench. Kind of, if you look at the, at the depth chart, I mean, our, like our second lineup is, is uh Dinwiddie Levert, Joe Harris, Kenneth Fareed, and Ned Davis, um, which pretty, is pretty nice. An honestly. interesting kind of like semi mirror of the starting lineup. Right. I mean, like D'Lo and Dinwiddie are, kind of playmaking point guards, but not, not necessarily pass first. Levert and Crab is where like the real big difference is. But um yeah, anyways, there's like there's a, a pattern coming with like these positions. Um like th- there's sort of similar players in every position. Um which I think is an interesting thing from from the basketball perspective. Um whereas adding Jeremy Lennon to that group is just adds more questions than answers. Right. Um so and let let's say know. like Jeremy Lynn would have gotten I don't know, let's 25 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game, whatever it is. Those would have been good minutes to have, but those are minutes that now a little more to D'Lo, much more to Dinwiddie, and more to Levert at actually handling the ball as the point guard, which is where he sort of shined last year. Um, so, like, that's the – there is, like, these, all these ancillary benefits to getting rid of Jeremy Lin. It's that the young guys – net income from Nets Daily account tweeted at me when I was – expressing my um, little, not distaste, but like a little reservations about the deal. I was saying, you know, Jeremy Lin would have been, uh, I think, uh, a nice asset to have during the season if healthy. And he, and net income was saying, they're going to let the young, the young guys play. Like that was like the whole focus for this team to begin with anyways. So Jeremy Lin didn't matter in this equation. He doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. The the great, you know, beautiful mind chalkboard equation. Jeremy Lin wasn't even on the chalkboard. Right. He was off the chalkboard. He was maybe on a whiteboard of some kind, maybe <laughs> on a, an ancillary board, an iPad, yeah. but he wow. was not on the chalkboard. On the etch a sketch. Wow. Oh, he and that's etch a sketch. Even better. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, those minutes. So like that's the benefit of this trade. Those minutes get redistributed to. Younger guys, guys who are probably going to be on this team for much longer than Jeremy Lin. And um, we were talking about this. This team could have used a Faree type, a Daryl Arthur type. And now they have them. Like they have, you know, obviously this is going to be the difference between not making the playoffs and making the playoffs. But now they have two guys who can play the four. I'm going to, Arthur's going to play the five at times. Now they're going to be awful defensively when they do that because he's not like the, they didn't think about Daryl Arthur. Daryl Arthur, no, excuse me, Kenneth Fareed, the hidden thing about him is that he's not a good defender. Most people mm-hmm. think he is because he rebounds, but like, just he's not good at that thing. He's good at yeah. getting the ball. He's going to play the five. Fareed is. Um, the knock on him is, as it is with any bad defender, lateral movement, not great. But like, so he's not, okay, he's not going to be like Trevor Booker. Like, I really like grew to appreciate Trevor Booker, but he's going to give us a little Booker-ness, right? Isn't he going to give us a little nasty, a little... I mean, do- Look at our look at our the I mean the whole the lunch pail crew of Ed Davis, Kenneth Fareed, and Damari Carroll. Like that's um that's a pretty solid blue collar crew right there. Um and it's I, an unusual we, crew for a team that's like not good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's an unusual team for a team so like 
are the Nets tanking? I don't. I, we can we can't really still say that they're tanking. Um, they have too. They always have like too much goodwill and too much uh, talent yeah. to just suddenly tank. There's the, adding people with that. I mean, I guess with that personality, and then plus a bunch of players with you know massive chips and also contracts coming up like. D'Angelo Russell's going to be in a contract year. Um, and anyways, like a lot of stuff like that. Uh, it just seems like there's not, nobody really has any incentive to not just be gunning for both team success and personal success. Um, so like, like I say, not tanking dynamic losing. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> different. It's a different thing. Well, then another like 2019 summer type thing. Guys, and I know I keep, I'm going to keep bringing this up every freaking pod. Kyrie and KD. Kyrie and KD. Um, guys like Kyrie and KD aren't going to want to come to a team that has a top that stinks, right? They're not going to want to come to the Nets if the Nets are tanking. The Nets are hopefully through Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson are trying to do this a little smarter. They're going to dynamically lose, but prove that they're an interesting team and they play a nice brand of basketball and they try to win every game. And I would rather have a team that tries really hard and puts on a good face and has the eighth pick overall than a team that tanks and has the second pick overall because I'd rather free agents believe that the franchise is trying to win basketball games. Free agents don't want to come to a tanking team. That's not like it's not going to intrigue Kyrie, KD, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Al Horford, any of those guys. Not that I want Al Horford, but um, so they're going to be, the Nets are going to be in an interesting situation where they have their own first round pick potentially have this other first round pick we maybe want to get to like the likelihood of that, of that happening um and then they're gonna have gobs of cap space there sean marks like maybe applaud for sean marks for a second he's taken a situation about as dark it is as ever been in basketball in terms of um assets that a team has and has turned it now into a perfect moment where the nets are going to have their own first round pick another first round pick and 70 million dollars potentially in cap space Plus, a couple of interesting young guys that any team may want, like D'Angelo and Levert. People like some people like Rondé. They also have Alan Crabb, who whatever, that's fine. Um, Jared Allen, the next Clint Capella. They he has created this out of the, the ashes that was you know the Garnett and Pierce trade. It's pretty incredible. You know, if we did like an infographic of how he maneuvered his way from what he started with. Was that like Jared Jack, maybe? And, <laughs> and we drew a bunch of squiggly lines to like the potential of Kyrie and Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, you know, just whoever it may be in the future. It could be something awful, but uh, it's, it is incredible to like give the long view and say, like, we're finally here. We are here at the precipice of true, tangible hope. Not just, um, not just, we aren't uh, doing Stockholm. We're no longer Stockholm syndrome patients, right? <laughs> yeah. We're only- you know. You know what I liked about us, Blank, is that we though we disagreed for about five seconds there, you, uh, <laughs> and I immediately yeah, just stole you your point. Immediately waved what the heck? <laughs> it's because I've been berated by people on Twitter because yeah. I. So how I how I got the news was my son was screaming and crying at four a.m., waking his father up, knowing that a Woj bomb was dropped. Mm. And he needed to be his diaper needed to be changed. He was so excited about the news he he pooped himself. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, we all did a little. I think. Uh, um, 
Yeah, yeah. man. It's it's uh, you know, again, I have slight reservations because I think Jeremy Lin could could have been an asset, but I think you're right. Where like I'm I'm maybe banking on something that just was never going going to exist or ten percent chance. You you just are like. You know, re- reading the wins right now and, and being like, I'm into Jeremy Lin this year, although I like, was like <laughs> hammering him for the last two years. Um, um, this is the year. What, I don't know what the Hawks are doing. That is such a strange move for a team. Like the Hawks could have taken this Nuggets deal, I imagine, right? They had, they had all the cap space to do this. They could have just done it. And what are you talking about? How can you say that when you're like, Jeremy Lin's going to have a bomb year? That's, they're, they're taking <laughs> your side on I know. this argument. Yeah. I know. And yeah. and also, you know, everyone's kind of brought up the fact that the Hawks are going to be bad and Jeremy Lin brings a certain fan base, you know, a fan base that we love and we hope stays with us throughout all these sure. years. Sure. Um, um, although Joseph Tsai gave his blessings, you know. Dude, very strange. Did you look at Joseph Tsai's Twitter account? Uh, no. <laughs> Why should I? It's it's like he has like 500 followers. It, it's really? not. And so I thought it was like a fake account. Maybe he just started it like immediately. Um, but like, cause I saw those tweets and saw people retweeting it and I was like, I don't think this is actually him. He's up to a thousand and ninety now. Um, and it is weird. It's at Josiah 1999. Um, but I saw ESPN reference his tweets too. Um, and obviously Nets Daily did So I'm, and Nets, you know, Nets Daily is pretty much knows like what that stuff is. It's just strange that he has this many followers. He joined in 2015 i don't no. know i don't know if it's actually him like why you know what i mean well i know like you know i don't know if he's been spending a lot of time in um in china or whatever cuz don't they not have twitter in china yeah, yeah they do not i don't think yeah. um but what so if you don't know joseph sai tweeted out about how he's and if this is him we don't know again uh, a billionaire who only has a thousand followers on twitter but he says, Sean Marks has kept me updated on our team's moves during this offseason. It's terrific. And then he, like, really praised Jeremy Lin. Because I think there was, I mean, there was an obvious belief that he he didn't buy the Nets because of Jeremy Lin, but that him buying, you know, 49% of the team, that he would have some influence on, and Jeremy Lin would stay on this team because of his connection with Joseph Tsai. Um Yo, Mike, now we should tweet at Joseph Tsai now before his Twitter blows up. So, you know, we're, at, at the moment, we have more followers than him. So it'll be like we're doing him a favor, you know, get him on the show. Like, hey, we'll get your following up. Yeah, we'll <laughs> help know? you out. Any other feelings? Are you upset that the Nets gave up a 2025 second round pick? That- <laughs> yeah. So I I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm just really surprised about our uh, about that you were you were waffling on the set at the beginning. Um I my tea leaves are saying something different about Jeremy Lin, so um, you know, I'm I'm pretty much just a hundred percent on board with this. I love the idea of taking a flyer on Kenneth Fareed, getting him in under our you know under the the hollowed rafters of Barclays Center, so that you can maybe get him on a discount if he wants to come back next year, things like that. Um, to be honest, right. he's so, and also we don't know if he's going to get bought out or not, right? Like there's some. There's right. some There's, buzzy buzz. I mean, it seems like, though, people mention that Daryl Arthur's probably the better candidate, though he's the only stretch four outside of, I don't know, Rodians, Kurics, um, that we'll have on this team if Rodians, Rodians, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, if he's even going to be 
uh, joining us. So um, we we definitely do need a a stretcher out there. Um, and he had a pretty good season a while back. I was looking at his uh, stretcher. At his um, he had like a forty five percent three point season like two years ago. So he's got uh, he's got the ability to to do it to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He shot as you said. He shot forty five percent from three on and that's three threes a game that's that's like a decent that's not just like some big man only shooting open threes you know once every three games that's like a decent um, clip 45 percent awesome um i it's i think it all depends on arthur like i'd imagine the nets you know they may want to open up another roster spot if they could buy out arthur um because they may want to like you know, there's a benefit to having more open roster spots when you're a team that's not trying to compete because then you can pick up a guy like like when Trey Burke was good with the Knicks. You know, it's it's good to pick up those type of guys more so than Daryl Arthur, who you know what he's going to be and how he's going to play. But there's the other side of that. There's the Zeller situation, which is get a veteran who you think may have some value and flip him for a second-round pick at the trade deadline. If Arthur's healthy... He actually probably has more value than Kenneth Fareed because his contract's lower and he can hit threes. And if he's a four that can hit threes, then you know that's a pretty uh, valuable commodity throughout the rest of the NBA. Um, but you know, like if you just rank the benefits of what this trade does, is one obviously the first round pick, the the likelihood of it happening, not quite known. Um, Second would be to clean up the guard rotation. And third would be the fact that you actually fill a need. You fill the, the power forward slot that this team needs. Um, but I don't know about... So let's talk about this real quick. The Nuggets missed the playoffs last season. And um, some people are believing that the Nuggets stink. And that they're actually going to be below 12 overall. I think, I think they're going to be... They're going to want to win and want to be in the playoffs. They have a young core. They just paid Jokic max money, I think. Um, they're paying a lot of money for a bunch of guys. They're not a team that's like going to suddenly want to tank the season and dip down for like the sixth overall pick, unless if there's like a Gary Harris or Jamal Murray injury. Like there's like a big, did, massive Did you injury. mention the Isaiah Thomas deal too? Oh, yeah, they got Isaiah Thomas. That's like that. If there's uh, On a minimum contract. That's super fun. If there's any indication of like a team trying to win, it would probably be the signing of Isaiah Thomas, right? Like that is the the ultimate. We're going to try to win right now because he's not going to have value for them next year. He can't sign with them next year probably because of his contract's going to be so low. Um, yeah, man, I I think it's like an eighty five percent chance that they get this first round pick, and then they'll have two first round picks, tons of cap space. It'll be yeah. amazing. It'll be amazing, Brian. Oh. Yeah, it'll be a party. Um, and one other quick note. So I like I kind of like rely on Kevin Pelton a lot for how I have to think about trades. And he was saying that $20 million is about the going rate to try to get a first-round pick in terms of like salary you have to take on. And the Nets almost exactly got $20 million or you know assumed $20 million in salary for it. And also they got rid of Jeremy Lin's contract. Um, so they actually – really only paid $9 million uh, for this first-round pick overall in the grand scheme of things, which is, like, an amazing thing. Oh, Brian, this just this just puts us on a rocket path going mm. forward. This is, like, 
this clarifies things, and we're going to be mm. able to really dig deep. We're going to get two first-round picks. We're going to have gobs of cap space. That's what it is. It answers questions, Mike. It answers questions. It doesn't raise more questions. We're tired of the questions. I want answers. All right? And we're going to have them after the season. <laughs> um, do you want to tie a bow on this episode? Just make it a quickie for people to digest on the way to work. Yeah, so what we'll do is... Um, Send us some emails. Let's get some more general reaction. Give us some more general reaction of the offseason thus far. This probably much puts a bow in what the Nets are going to do. Um, even though last pod, I basically said Jeremy Lin won't be traded, and then he got traded. So now I'm saying that uh, this offseason is over, and I'm sure they'll make another move. But send us an email, netspod at gmail. Next pod, we'll do reaction to the overall offseason and things you're kind of looking forward to next season. And uh, we'll be back in your ears as soon as possible. Brian, goodbye. (laughs) Um, Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on. Yeah, boy!